Welcome, everyone. What is going on to pardon the disruption this week? We have a very sassy panel today, and we are excited for the amount of sarcasm that is coming out of the gate. I am your host, Matthew Potter. I am short sale guy, hedge fund connection, and co-founder of The Family Tree over at Real Brokerage. If I can help you with your business in any way whatsoever, reach out to me. Let's connect. Real quick, a uh, couple announcements. We are exclusively on Pardon the Disruption's YouTube channel now. So go over there, subscribe so you can get involved in the chat. Get your question featured on our show. Go ahead and like and subscribe and share it with your friends, family, and even foes if you want to. Real quick, going to go ahead and break down how we do things around here. We have five pre-selected questions for our panelists. 45 seconds to go ahead and answer. After that, two minutes to go ahead and chop it up. Points will be awarded off of best answers or, honestly, who I like the most today. And then after that, we have a sixth question that will come from our audience. So go ahead and get that in the YouTube chat so that we can go ahead and get it featured and have our panelists go ahead and answer it. We're going to start off with introductions today. Coming to us from Texas, King Closer, RJ Bates III. Introduce yourself, boss. What's up, guys? RJ Bates III from Fort Worth, Texas. Titanium Investments. And yes, I did defend my crown uh, this past weekend at the Closers Olympics. Uh, appreciate everybody that's reached out and, and sent me DMs and messages. Uh, it's, it's been an awesome experience and uh, looking forward to today's show. Absolutely. Your tiara has never looked better, RJ. We appreciate <laughs> it. Next up, coming to us, Richmond, Virginia, CJ. Introduce yourself. Uh, Chris Jefferson, Richmond VA, Charge Up University, the U. Uh, shout out to the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, as RJ Bates. Uh, I want to take a moment to, to give RJ uh, congratulations on uh, a well-earned win in the closest Olympics. Um, I saw him sweating under the ball cap uh, when he got down to about seven, eight minutes. All right. I uh, started getting a bit nervous that he wasn't going to pull it out, but he figured it out and got it done. Jimmy, pleasure to see you. Potter, as always. Steve, what's up? I'm um, excited to get into it again another week. Absolutely. We are happy to have you here. Uh, you already intimidated RJ's video camera to just go ahead and shut off during that intro. So amazing on that. Next up, we have none other than Steve Wu-Trang. Go ahead and introduce yourself. C-Trang Real Estate Disruptors, and we help people close more sales. Um, it was Unfortunate, RJ was able to defend his title. I was rooting against him really hard, but sadly, he came through as the best closer. You know, I was kind of as I was watching it, I was like, "Did he really win, or did everyone else just kind of lose?" I'm not really sure. But congratulations, RJ, you defended your title. Awesome, awesome. Last, certainly not least, coming with 100% angst today, we have Jimmy the Bull Vreeland coming to us from Missouri. Introduce yourself, boss. What's up, Potter? Uh, Jimmy Vreeland, Cashflow Tactics, uh, Vreeland Capital. Uh, I'm here to defend my title. I know I'm not here every week, but every time I show up, I win. Uh, so, <laughs> and then since this is a merit-based system for my victories, I get uh, invited. Uh, see you again in six weeks, Jimmy. So, <laughs> here to roll in, single shit all over all of you, and then see you again in six weeks. <laughs> That's how we do it around here. That's why we love having J Jimmy on here. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and get into it with our first question. Let's go ahead and start it out. 
When rates eventually go down, who are the people that will look into buying a new home? Start us off, RJ. I'm going to go with all the people that did the the refis back when the rates were at 2.5, 2.6. Like right now, they're kind of like, hey, why would I go sell my house and, and buy something new? I'm sitting pretty. Like I, I, I can't even go buy anything. I can't upgrade because essentially I'd be paying, you know, with the interest rates being so high, there's no chance. I can't afford it. So I think when the rates eventually do go down, those people are going to be sitting on a ton of equity. And, and then they're going to look at it and say, hey, now's our opportunity to upgrade. So those are going to be the people that capitalize at that point in time. Very nice. Good good thought there. Uh, eventually, somebody, I think we talked about this before, it's got to suck bad enough to move. And eh, maybe that's when all of a sudden you go ahead and make the move. All right. What are your thoughts on it, CJ? Uh, RJ's right, man. It's going to be all the trade uppers, you know, all, all the folks who – uh, didn't get a million dollar house when the mortgage was like fifty six hundred to six grand. Now it's ninety eight hundred bucks. Don't ask me how I know, but uh, they're in this position where um, you know they can't even go get a new house because it costs almost double uh, what it would have cost three four years ago. Uh, so the people that are looking for newer homes, they're looking newer quality, newer design, and don't want to take the time to renovate their current properties themselves or need more space. These people are going to be out in droves, uh, I think, when mortgage kind of rates stabilize uh, to get mortgages for sure. For sure, for sure. Isn't, dude, isn't a milli like entry level in Virginia now these days? Like, I don't even know. <laughs> perhaps, <laughs> man, perhaps. Home perhaps. of affordable housing. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We worked it in. We haven't even been five minutes in. I love it. All right, Steve, what about you? What are your thoughts? Who's buying? Uh, as everyone that owns a home, uh, you know, I think that it's not just people moving up, but I think even just moving down, right? Like if you've got an interest rate of 3% and you're looking at 6%, whether you're moving up, moving down, it's hard to make it make financial sense. So uh, everyone that's been opting out of this real estate market because their interest rates are significantly lower than the current today's current rates, those are the people, right? I mean, you go from that, it doesn't even have to come down to three, right? If it comes down to four and a half. Now it makes sense to move up, move down. But I would say specifically anyone that owns a home with an interest rate less than uh, less than four percent. All right, all right. I like that you threw in the uh, move up and move down <clears throat> because that does always occur. All right, Jimmy, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, I don't think interest rates are ne necessarily going to go down, and I think the people who are going to be looking to buy are the people who are looking to buy right now. Like uh, they're still thirty percent less inventory people are still searching for houses like at least in the midwest it's still a seller's market so i think it's going to be the the same people who are buying right now but i i think we are in an era of the new normal and that you know because the other thing when interest rates go down prices are going to skyrocket again so it's like um these people who have a three percent interest rate Let's say they could get another 3% interest rate, but the price is up 10 to 15% more. They're not going to be getting a deal. So the short answer to the question for me, it's like the people who are moving right now are people who want a new house, who they don't have to move, but they definitely are reaching that stage in life where they are going to move. And I think it's going to be the same people when rates, when rates go down. Because I still think people are buying now or getting a deal. Because the second rates go down, I think prices are skyrocketing again. So I think you're right. I think prices will go up, right? But even if prices goes up 20%, payments will still be lower. And, you know, the thing that we finally figured out in the last few years is people buy 
solely on payments. That's the that's almost like the only consideration, right? The price itself is irrelevant. It's like, what can I afford per month? So I think even if prices go up 20%, if rates go from six to three or six to three and a half, you're still better off uh, monthly cash flow wise, monthly output. I'm really glad that Steve kind of came back with a rebuttal there after mm -hmm. his first answer was literally every single human being will buy a new home. <laughs> I thought we were getting the bad version of 420 Steve, where it's like just everyone. Yeah, every shout human out to 420 being. Steve, man. Shout out to everyone that's still three and a half, right? That's sitting on the sidelines. <laughs> no, Steve Listen, took the words out of my mouth. People people don't buy based on value. I, I you never hear home buyers, retail buyers say. Oh, I can't wait to get just an incredible deal full of equity. They don't say that. They, you know what they do say? Oh, can I get gray painted walls, stainless steel appliances, <laughs> the hottest design trends that I see on HGTV and all these BS magazines? Is there any way I can get that for like fifteen hundred bucks a month? Potter, Train, y'all got y'all are realtors. Y'all know these conversations, man. This is how people talk. They're, nobody's saying like, oh, hundred percent. The, the value of houses went from seven hundred to eight hundred thousand. That sucks so bad. They're like, wait, how, how much did the payment go up? Oh, a yeah. hundred dollars. Oh, cool. Like that works. Yeah, let's let's, let's <laughs> yeah. trade up. Right. Like, did you guys hear the? Uh, I heard the objection all the time in like 2020, 2021. Like, hey, I'm gonna buy when prices cool off a little bit, and then you know, prices cooled off, but then interest rates skyrocket. So those people are still they either sucked it up and well, bought, or they're still. But stuck. that goes back to like. They don't know what they're saying, right? Like that makes logical sense, assuming everything else stays the same. But they're talking about prices. But like, if you look at the traditional home buying process, is like, hey, I want to buy a house for three hundred thousand. Okay, cool. How'd you come up with that number? Because my loan officer says that's what I can qualify for. <laughs> that's what I'm qualified for. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, yeah, I, I think RJ like, will appreciate. Go ahead, Steve. Well, I was gonna say that's the reason why we have phrases like "buy till you can drive" or "drive till you can buy." Right? Like, if you can't afford to live in Phoenix then we're going to buy a house. Is it 20 minutes away from Phoenix? Is it 40 minutes away from Phoenix? 50 minutes? You drive till you can afford. Yeah, and I think that Jimmy's question, I, I know RJ Bates will appreciate this. Uh, you know, the more you know, you more, the more you realize the media machine at work. Uh, when you start communicating with people and they just talk and talking points from the news, uh, you know, that that's when you start to quickly realize like, oh, OK, people just straight lack education uh, on how things function. But then when push comes to shove, just like Steve said, they go to that loan officer, they defer the student loans. All right. Uh, you know, <laughs> they they just got their brand new car a couple months back. All right. Everything's all buttered up and they go to the loan officer and the loan officer says, hey, you're approved for five hundred thousand dollars. You know what most people say? Ninety five percent of people say. Hey, I'm gonna go get a five hundred thousand dollar house, and that and that's a bad decision. That's a that's a terrible decision. But that's just the truth. I know we're early on, but I just have to say it because Jimmy's here. It always cracks me up when he talks on a national level when he says, "You know, buyers are talking about when prices cool down in St. Louis. What they cool down from twelve thousand to eleven thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, when he when he said it was a seller's market in St. Louis, I'm like, what is that? In my head, I'm like, what does that mean? Like, well, it means no, it's we're, we're down, down from ten thousand to nine thousand. What do you like? Your guys' markets? We're still down thirty percent inventory. Like stuff. If you if you look at the report, like stuff, the average days on market is still like you know three weeks. That's because thirty percent of your market is burnouts. 
<laughs> but Jimmy, that's that's but Jimmy, that's the point though, right? The reason why there's low inventory is because people that have good interest rates moving. are opting out of the market. Right. So when the interest rates go down, those people will opt back into the market. And so that's that's kind of what we're yeah, saying. Yeah, I mean, well, let's be honest before we move on. I mean, it, like if your house is worth fifty grand, I mean it's arbitrary the difference in, in three to six percent. I mean, let's just be realistic here. Right. So if you're in the St. Louis market, I mean you're not gonna get so much impact. Uh, you know, when you start going, I mean, let's be honest, when you start going, you know, above probably around $500,000, 350 for some people, 500 for RJs, right? You know, when you start going over 500,000, then the difference in interest, interest rate starts to really matter. But if I'm buying sub a hundred grand, I'm just hoping Potter put in stainless steel. Right, that's, that's, that's what I'm Always. Come on now, you know you know I deliver. No, it's I, mandatory. I, I agree you with got, you if you don't have stainless steel in your rehab, if you're putting white or black appliances in your stainless in nah, your in your nah. rehab, you're not a trustworthy individual. I I wouldn't I would never do anyone <laughs> dirty like that. Like dude, yeah, you're not a trustworthy just individual. Your character. <laughs> yeah, if you look, if you're putting in white appliances and, and black appliances in 2023, nah, I can't I can't trust you, man. Look, I'm I'm gonna be real with you. Like I I did sketchy things when I was younger. I've moved past that. <laughs> I'm I'm only into stainless or better now. So there you go, uh, man. No, this is this has been a great question, and it's also super cool to see because we're spread all over the country. You know, we got Jimmy out in Missouri, we got RJ in Texas, we got uh, CJ in Virginia, and Steve and I here in Phoenix. It's cool to see how different it truly is, and different insights that occur all the way around. Um, I will say this. CJ and Steve honestly both brought the really great points on this one. Um, I'm going to go ahead and throw each one of you a point on that. Everybody had great answers and great insight, but I got to give you guys credit. The other thing, Steve, just so you know, I'm a helpful guy over here. It's drive till you qualify. I have this conversation with people, so it's drive till you qualify. Listen, I haven't worn a realtor hat in a while. I haven't worn a realtor hat in a few years. All right, fair enough. I mean, I'm here to help support Steve. That's what I'm Thank here you. for. All right, next up, in three games for Inter Miami, Lionel Messi scored five goals and assisted once. What would you define as a successful onboarding week if you hired a highly talented recruit? Start us off, CJ. First, for yeah, I got 45 seconds. But first and foremost, the first thing that came to mind was like if I just stopped what I was doing and went to sell Cutco knives again or something. Uh, I'd be the Lionel Messi of Cutco knives. I'd just make so much money; it'd be it'd be insane. <laughs> um, if you if you've got somebody that comes in that's talented, uh, what does that look like in terms of onboarding? It's somebody that comes in that can crush it naturally, and they're they're begging you to be trained. They're begging you to get better. Uh, they're not accepting. Oh, I've got a forty percent close rate. That's that's in incredible. No, the question is, how do I get to forty five percent? How do I continue to improve? That's what I'm looking for from somebody that comes in that's a rock star. Uh, everybody can get to a certain place based off natural talent, but there's a, eventually there's a point where natural talent tends to run out uh, and you've got to work on building on top of that at some point as well. Great insights. Appreciate that, CJ. All right, Steve, what are your thoughts on this? I'm looking for someone that scares me. You know, I'm looking for someone's like, God, this one is a, a diamond in the rough that I got to do everything I got to maintain, right, to keep. And so I'm looking at someone that's, absorbing everything quickly like you're coaching them and they're just soaking it up they're hitting the phones and they're doing everything you've asked them to do and they're locking up contracts so i think you're looking at the coachability you're looking at the confidence you're looking at the performance so if they're coming out 
and they're locking up two contracts in the first week, kind of like, you know, <laughs> Messi is just like playing with kids over there in MLS, right? They're just locking up contracts first week out. They're asking great questions. And you're seeing like, man, I've got to stay ahead and make sure I give this guy everything he needs to be successful because the moment I take it easy, this guy might leave, right? That's what I'm looking for as an, as an incredible onboarding. It's great to finally get some roundabout praise from you, Steve. I appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> all, right, all right, Jimmy, what are your thoughts? Uh, kind of what the other guys were saying. I, I like eight appointments. I love three contracts in the first week. But then for a successful week for the organization, let's say we do get the guy that CJ's talking about, that he's begging for more, that he's needing more, that we as an organization have that coaching, have the, have the resources and the processes to say, oh, you want to study this next? You know, here's the manual. Here's the SOP for that. Here's how we do this. Like, that's how I would judge our organization is if we could, if we hired a beast, could we feed that beast? Or is he already bored, already thinks he's outclassed the organization and is ready to move on? He just stole my answer. I mean. No, I think I embellished your answer a little bit. I think it was a good combination of both it, you and CJ. It, it's actually called improved. <laughs> he improved on your answer. Thank you for that, a little Jimmy. finer distinctions there, Steve. See, and, and this, is a, this is a great part. Now RJ gets to improve on everybody's answer. All right, RJ, what's your thoughts? when you when you use the word highly talented recruit i mean you look at at people that deal with this on a yearly basis you know coaches like dabo sweeney nick saban that have been successful for decades now they come in and they make sure that those recruits understand the core values of the organization they understand that the systems that we're going to use these are the processes that we have here and they understand how to do their job. Yeah, they're, they're highly talented, but I think that first week when we're talking about onboarding, it's more it's less about them performing and it's more about them understanding their role in the organization because a lot of times when you have a highly talented individual, they'll try to fix things. And that's not necessarily their job. Their job is to come in and do a specific job. That's what we brought them in to do. Case in point, on a football team, you don't want your quarterback trying to, to teach the defense how to play defense. Their job is to play quarterback and do their job there. I think that's what I would want from a highly talented recruit is to understand our core values and the <laughs> systems and processes we have in place. So I think RJ's answer totally sucked, but I would just want to put out there that I would totally hire him because I do consider him to be a superstar recruit. <laughs> there you go. I, look, I get what RJ's saying, but – you know, I think there's also something to be said that if somebody's got that level of talent, I think there has to be some acceptance in business, at least, that eventually has some, that person's either going to go elsewhere for greener pastures or they're going to believe so much in themselves at some point. Because, look, to be a rock star of that, that magnitude, you got to have some self-confidence and self-belief. I've become more inclined after 13 years of business to also look at things of how can I support this person in their own journey, in their own process? I much rather than somebody skip out on me and go work for somebody else or go out and do their own thing. I much rather say, Hey Potter, look, let's work something out. Let's work out some sort of deal split. I've already got the resources and things in place. I've been wanting to expand and go into another market. Why don't you go head up that market? You take the lion's share of the business. I'm going to provide the resources, the SOPs, the training. I'll take a split as a result. Uh, and this is your shop, your show, man. I think you're prepared and ready to run it. If we've already trained that person up to that point. The question is that a highly talented recruit, it didn't say someone that came in with a proven track record. Yeah, Messi does. 
That's not the well, question. Well, to be a highly talented recruit, you've got to have a track record. If you're a highly talented recruit, you use Debo, Debo Swinney and, and Nick Saban as an example. If I'm going to, if I'm a five-star recruit coming to play Alabama, bro, I got a track record, dog. I got a serious track record. I got film that shows that I'm fucking elite. I can <laughs> I can play in any school that I want. That's why I'm going to Alabama, bro. I got a track record. You know what also happens, RJ, that you didn't mention when you're that type of generational talent. Let's use Mike Vick. I'm in Virginia, right? Virginia Tech. When when Vick hit campus, you don't think they changed the playbook to fit him? When Jalen Hurts last year. Went on a tear in Philadelphia. They didn't but, make adjustments to how they play, played the, the offense. They gave them a playbook, and they said yeah. these are the plays we're going to run. They didn't say but it was the hey, playbook Mike. was built around him. Mike, Potter, they're doing it again. They're arguing on the smallest distinction <laughs> that borders a whole. Do what you want, Mike. Include me. <laughs> yeah, listen, this is the truth. It's the truth. They, they make adjustments based on the player. They provide a playbook, but it's built around that particular talent. CJ, here's something more interesting. That deal you talked about, like somebody going on their own at a new market. How much of of that new um, that new organization? How much equity would you want in that for the probably probably somewhere around twenty percent for sure. Twenty percent. Would you bring cash to the table too? Would you pay for the market? Yeah, a- a- absolutely. As long as as long as I could get a rider and get my cash back out first, one hundred percent. If I believe in the person to that extent, which I mean I've done this before. Would you structure um, that as like a private loan? The the cash. Nah, man, I got to be on the docks for equity, baby. Hey CJ, uh, let's let's talk after, man. I, I got this great idea, and uh, I'll take some cash, and you can have twenty percent. All right, hey, Potter. I'm gonna start a new podcast called Splitting Hairs, and I'm gonna invite CJ <laughs> and to argue about the most boring issues ever. <laughs> oh man, that was a great round. Um, glad to hear that CJ only wants twenty percent. Holler at your boy Potter over Much here. Much more interesting topic, CJ. <laughs> like no, for real, I, agree, I, I, agree. I, I think that I think that's gonna be uh, question six today. Um, that was a great that was a great round. I'm not gonna lie. I love the splitting of the hairs over here. Um, I am gonna say CJ and RJ both had absolutely killer uh, points there. I'm actually checking to see what we got going on on YouTube here. What do we got? Ooh, RJ takes the point. RJ's got people in the crowd. Where, where's the where's the you, CJ? Where are they? That's a fair question, man. That's a fair question. Yeah. His VA's <laughs> worked all weekend at the Closers Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> all right, real quick, before we get into question number three, I'm going to toss it over to Steve for a message from our sponsor today. All right, so today's part of the disruption is brought to you by our friends over at Bateman Collective. Let me, let me tell you guys. These guys are money at PPC with over $62 million in revenue generated for their clients over the last 12 months. They're not messing around. And get this, they're aiming to generate a jaw-dropping billion dollars for their clients. Talk about ambitious. Plus, they take a data-driven approach so you know they, that they take this stuff seriously. Here's the best part. You get a free strategy consultation with them. So why not give Bateman Collective a shot? Let them help you hit it big. Check them out. Bateman Collective slash PDD. BatemanCollective.com slash PTD. I use them. We've got two contracts with them right now that I think will probably average somewhere around 80K per deal. So uh, I'm pretty happy with them. So uh, I would highly recommend you, uh, everyone check them out. Very nice. Very nice. All right, y'all. We're going to get into question number three. Many fans like the Oakland Athletics asking the owners to sell the team. What would you say is the owner if when you walked into uh, – into a locker room, everyone said, sell the team. Go ahead and start us off, RJ. 
<laughs> I, I mean, this is a very unique question. I mean, if you're walking into the locker room, I guess these are your players are saying to sell the team. Your your fans are saying to sell the team. Um, I mean, at that point in time, you really need to, I guess, have some self-reflection as to what you're doing as a leader. Um, if everyone's saying that and, and yeah, I mean, the Oakland athletics have been pathetic, um, uh, going all the way back to, to the nineties, you know, I mean, so, um, I, I think at that point in time, you, you do need to figure out, Hey, am I going to make the changes or am I just going to make everyone that's involved in this organization miserable? Um, uh, but the other part of me is, is, Hey, if, if you really want to be the owner, go start your own team, figure it out. I, I got here for a reason. Uh, but you do need to make sure everyone's on board with you for the future. I do absolutely love, uh, yo, just go start your own team if you think it's that easy. Like, just go. Get out of here. All right, CJ, what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, look, I, I say this as a, a current Commanders fan. Uh, <laughs> you know, rest in peace, Dan Snyder's ownership. Uh, you sell the team, bro. I mean, if... if and I say that with all due respect, if Dan's got people watching, okay? Look, <laughs> if, if if the reality of the situation is your players hate you, the fans certainly hate you, uh, owners in the league also can't stand you, uh, you do what Danny did, you take a multi-billion dollar return on your investment, and you go get down the road and go find something else to do. Because at some point far before that, you lost the culture, you lost the front office, and you lost the locker room. And if it's at that point, then you, you're, you're past being able to repair. Uh, and you got to let it go, take a return, and get down the road, man. Good insight. Good thoughts on that one. Definitely. All right, Steve. What about you? What are your thoughts? I'm going to see what the locker room's offer is. I mean, you look at the NBA right now. These guys are making so much freaking money they could buy the team, Right. But I'm going to talk to the team members in our office. Like, all right, well, what's your offer? And if the offer's no good, I'm going to fire everybody. Uh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> because if they don't want to be here, Jesus. don't be here. <laughs> right? Like, no one's making you. Like, there's no, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's not indentured <laughs> servitude, right? There's no contractual obligations. <laughs> if you don't want to be here, get your ass out of here. So uh, <laughs> I would either solicit an offer from them of what are you guys willing to pay? Right, and you guys get the IP and everything else, or otherwise, <laughs> pack your bags, go somewhere else. There's there's nothing requiring you to be here. People often ask me what's wrong with me, and I think that right there, it's been <laughs> hanging around trying for you know ten plus years. Like there's absolutely emotional detachment occurring around here. All right, next up, Jimmy, what are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, professional sports. <laughs> franchises they just print money and like to get into that special cabal of owners in these leagues like how could you i don't know how you one you could mess it up because you just print money like especially in baseball where there's um i forget what it's called but it's kind of like communism but like the kansas city royals have to exist so the yankees have somebody to beat on and so the yankees <laughs> the yankees pay the royals part of their part of their TV is a rev share it's yeah, a rev share. Yeah, they get rev, TV rev share. Yeah, yeah. So if it was me as a as a baseball owner, I would sit there and breathe and just collect checks, and I would probably <laughs> do whatever I had to do to make people not so angry. But I would collect my rev share and not. I just would not make people angry. Um, now, if this was we're talking about a business like ours, and my I walked into the office, my team's like, "You got to go. You got to sell." 
Like, I'm a pretty big dick, but I'm not as big as Steve. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I would do some, I would need to do some genuine soul searching if the whole team was like, hey, we're doing great here. We need you to move on. Like, <laughs> Jimmy, that, Jimmy's that, would crush, the, that would break my heart. Jimmy's the guy, you know, that's at the fair, uh, that jumps in the dunk tank. And uh, and waves around and like says stuff to people that walk by and tells them to throw a ball to see if they can dump him in the water. I mean, t- to hang out on a, on a team that hates you uh, would I think would suck. Uh, I would I think you'd sell it and do it again. But look at uh, the Lions, I agree right? with a business like ours. But if you were collecting MLB checks, I would just be nice to everyone. I'd be exceptionally <laughs> mediocre, like the Royals. I because. This is a complete tangent, but I had a buddy who worked on the stadium when they built their stadium and was friends with the owner's rep. And the dude went through the numbers and it's like, it's more profitable with rev sharing to be mediocre than to be like an elite Yankee. Yeah, so you got to pay, you got to pay to get people on the team. I mean, let's be honest. The owner of the Oakland athletics has sat there and just collected checks and with no fucks given either. I mean, <laughs> basically yeah. he, They've taken the same stance as the mayor of San Francisco with their homeless and their commercial buildings. They basically just flip each other off like, we don't care about anybody. We're just going to let it all burn to hell. So, But watch me go to the bank and cash this check. So you guys are shocked that I would fire everybody. It looks like you guys would just embrace that. Like, like you guys would do like a kumbaya, hug everybody. Wait, are we situation. talking about a, a real estate wholesaling business? Or are we talking yeah. about perfect? Oh, I mean, I think you'd that's different. Rude. So what would y'all do? Like, you gotta, you, you're gonna have to make changes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know what RJ would do. RJ would fire everybody, but but Cassie because he can't. Right? <laughs> He'd fire everybody, and then I'd, I'd wake up Shout tomorrow to morning, Cassie. and at the top of my feed, it'd say fifty days, fifty nights, fifty flights. <laughs> <laughs> And and he'd, he'd be cold calling until his eyes started fucking bleeding. <laughs> and, 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 deals, and in baby. fifty days, fifty days, he'd be back on his feet with a new team, rocking and rolling, getting paid again. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. <laughs> uh, oh man, I I told you guys you're in for it today with this uh, with this lineup. This is amazing. Um, I gotta go with my emotionally detached partner in crime here in the desert, Steve, just for an absolutely brutal answer on this of just fire everybody. Like just burn it all to the ground. Options. Steve but Steve is, literally there be no soul searching he, if this happened. No. Steve? No. Absolutely not. I can vouch for that. What's I've known soul? him. I've known Steve for 15 <laughs> years. You gotta you gotta start with a soul, brother. <laughs> all right. Next up we got question number uh four. Um, we have, what are your thoughts on people who don't wholesale, but teach others how to wholesale? Oh, hell, I didn't even see this question earlier. (laughs) All right. Start us off, Steve. I mean, I feel it's criminal. Uh, I think that if you're going to teach wholesaling and you don't wholesale, you absolutely must disclose that you don't wholesale. And if people will buy your product after you disclose, I'm teaching how to do a business that I don't do. Then have at it. But that's not generally how it's disclosed. Generally, it's like, look, here are my pre-qualifications. I've got a green Lamborghini, a nice watch, and 150,000 followers. That's why you should buy my coaching program. And if that's what's working for you, 
I think that is grossly unethical, borderline criminal. But if you disclose it, then it's fine. I I feel like Steve might be, you know, taking a couple shots here. I like it. I'm good with it. All right, Jimmy, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think it's depending on who you're coaching. Like 80% of coaching is just holding people accountable. So if someone's actively wholesaling or not actively wholesaling, I don't think it really matters. I think it'd be very hard to be hard charging, wholesaling, like having a really great wholesaling organization and a really great coaching organization. I think, I I know it can be done, but it's very difficult. I think if somebody commits to coaching, then they need, they're going to have to take the gas off of their wholesaling business. So if I was a newbie and a student, I would like someone who had wholesaled in the past, but if they weren't winning closers Olympics or like showing up, being the best wholesaler in the market, I don't, I don't think it's a big deal. I would expect that coach to hold me accountable though. That's, I mean, when you buy a coach, that's really what you're buying. That's a great insight, Jimmy. Uh, I, I dig that. The gas pedal, well, brake pedal. Thanks, Potter. Because hey. generally that's why I show up and win. Hey. Great insight. Hey, look at this. He's he's trying to get that golden egg five-pointer five right here. All right. What about you, RJ? You remember that scene in Deadpool when he gets no. blown up and he loses his legs? And then the next scene, he's sitting next to Blind Al. And she doesn't know that he has little tiny baby legs and he makes blind out, touches baby legs. And she's like, oh, my God, what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> That's what this would be like. You're hiring blind out to be your coach. <laughs> this coach doesn't know what they're talking about. They don't wholesale. How can they teach you to do it? And it, honestly, it can't be criminal because you're the dumbass that paid them to teach you to do something. They don't even do themselves. <laughs> That's on you. You should be locked up for being that fucking stupid. So it's on you, not on them. Damn. Get feisty down. down. Man, give this guy one belt and he just loses his mind. He's got two belts, to be fair. Three. Oh, three. Sorry. Let's not not discount the accomplishments over here of, you know, titanium. All right. What about you, CJ? What are your thoughts? I think it just depends on context. You know, I, I tend to agree with Jimmy a bit. Um, here, here's the reality, right? You know, people who have never wholesaled before are selling wholesale courses. I think that's pretty crazy. Uh, I think selling something or a product or some sort of coaching uh, and teaching people from where you're at or where you've been. Um, I don't think there's really anything you know wrong with that. There was a time in my life where I did, but I, I don't necessarily anymore. What I care more about that hasn't been mentioned uh, is what results do they actually have? Like what lives have they, have they actually changed? What student results can they actually produce? Uh, if they're producing people uh, that are, 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 are becoming successful in the business, then I think that's a great thing. If it's just a money grab and they're riding around in private jets and Lamborghinis and, you know, making reels all day uh, and they, they have no student success to speak for, I think that becomes extremely problematic um, so I'm, I'm kind of torn on that. I, I think it could be answered within context. Uh, but I think, I think Jimmy kind of made a good point there for sure. So I think what Wait. Jimmy's talking about though, is a business coach, right? If you're a business coach and you want to coach a wholesaler, that's fine. But if you're a wholesale coach and you don't wholesale, let me show you this direct mail piece that worked for me back in 2009. Like what the hell are you coaching them on? If you're not in the streets, the, the, the one thing we see consistently is change is constantly happening. 
and change is happening faster and faster. How can you coach on so- someone on something that you know nothing about, right? Like uh, the, the 10 DLC for texting, right? These are just little tiny changes. Hey, now you got to change your phone numbers or you got to do a health check on your phone number every single day. Two years ago, you didn't even care about the health of your phone number. So these are the things that change in business in real time that if you're not wholesaling, how can you possibly coach someone else on how, how to do something you don't know how to do yourself? But Steve, well, a newbie is not going to have that issue. Yeah, they're okay. just driving for dollars. Yeah. they. If, you know, like I think one of the greatest coaches in the space <clears throat> right now is Brewer. But mm-hmm. like he has a pretty you, good wholesaling operation. Yeah. But if a newbie walked into <laughs> Brewer's organization, won't resonate. It would melt their brain. It, like when, when I go jujitsu and I roll with a black belt, I just get my ass whooped. I don't learn anything. Maybe I end a little tougher. But when I, when I get coached with, by another blue belt or a dude who's just a smidge better than me, I get the greatest results. So but he's a so blue belt. Someone that does jujitsu. No, he's not no belt. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if, I think you can. If I taught you jujitsu, would you learn anything? No. Exactly. Right. Thank he would you. learn. Point, he needs another coach. Point for me and Steve. But do you guys think they <laughs> negative points for Jimmy? Do you need to be actively <laughs> hard charging wholesaling right now to be to coach a newbie? I, I don't think so. It's who don't wholesale. They they at least have to have wholesaled at some point in time. Yeah. Well, it doesn't say former wholesaler. I, I think that's. But this is why I answered within context, right? Uh, because the truth of the matter is, I can say this as a marketer because I've seen people do it to myself. What people actually do is people just buy other people's courses because they can afford to. And they just teach other people because they're better marketers what they've learned in somebody else's course who's not as good of a marketer. This happens all day, every single day. Uh, and that the transfer of information doesn't mean the information is, has become less because it's being regurgitated by somebody else. Often the person who's a better marketer can regurgitate it better than the person that originated it. So do you uh, agree I would only disagree. I'm but torn. I would only disagree because of the nuance, right? Like, okay, but what about this situation? You've got no context, no qualification to explain about nuances, right? You can regurgitate the information in the course, but there's there's a difference between a course and coaching, right? Of course, you got this information and it's this. Coaching is like, hey, I've experienced this, but I've also experienced 10 different variations of this. So if you've got sure, a nuance. I agree, with, I, and I agree with that as a coach. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. But I, but I also think it, it determines it's based on who can convey the message appropriately, right? CJ, I got Go breaking news for you. Tell me your immediate thoughts, how you feel, okay? The Washington Commanders just hired Doc Rivers to be their coach. How do you feel? <laughs> I mean, it's a completely different sport. No, it's not. Right? Exactly. You know what? I think it'd be right. an interesting experiment. I would he love did. Doc Rivers is a good, a good leader, a leader of athletes, a leader of men. Give him six months. Give him uh, like Ted Lasso. Give him a technical expert. I was with Jimmy and some, and, and just a little bit until then. Uh, no, I'm not going to pick up Doc Rivers to Doc Rivers for the commanders. commanders. I can get behind this. I would yeah, I don't know that I'm going with that. Technical expert as my offensive no, defensive not, coordinator. I'm not saying if they've. I'm look. It'd be clear. I'm not saying if they've never. If you've never wholesaled a deal before, you should not be coaching. You should not be selling courses. You should not be doing any of that. I'm glad you came full circle there. And also because the last part of that question is going to be, and you're the quarterback. You're the face of the organization. <laughs> yeah, no, I, and I, that's I, your coach. No, to be clear, I don't think somebody should should coach that's never done a deal before. 
Okay. What I, I am also at the same time saying, I think people can coach from where they're at to, to, to Jimmy's point, right? Like when I talked to Brewer, Brewer's got, you know, he's got a lot going on, right? He's doing all sorts of stuff. He's crazy detailed with it, you know, all those sorts of things. That That's only going to apply to maybe 20% of the wholesale population at the moment. There's 80% there that are nowhere near that, and they may not even desire to go there, right? So, so right. Brewer's got to attack. He's, he's got to market to a very small segment of the population. And, and, and I think sometimes in these conversations, we and I'm saying this to somebody that's been in this conversation before, right? I think sometimes in these conversations, we all speak from where we're at, not from where people are actually at. And the person that's just coming off the street that's trying to make some extra money, they could go driving for dollars. Bro, you don't have to be a brainiac to tell somebody how to drive for dollars. I mean, it's it's pretty simplistic. Right, but they can and just can get be that described. And somebody can make money doing it. Right, but they CJ get all sounds that like, from YouTube. CJ sounds like one of those closers on the closers Olympics that's lost the seller, and now he's just talking. Nah, but see, hold on. This is why <laughs> I said, reel it back, baby. Come no, no, on. on. This is why I said. This is why I said Jimmy had a good answer because what Jimmy said. I've had more coaching students than probably everybody up here. Here's what I can say. Coaching is about creating accountability. That that is coaching. That that that's literally what coaching is about. It's not about the information being free on YouTube or anything like that. It's people need accountability and they seek that in a coach, right? So I think that can be provided in different contexts, uh, depending on where somebody's at. And then right. I, but I, they I have to fully disclose that they're a business coach, not a wholesale. Coach. Well, I started that. I started off by saying I agree about the disclosure, hundred percent. But like, what? Here's maybe a better question: If you are, have a wholesaling business, it's you're lost, top, <laughs> If you have a wholesaling business, you're like 300 deals a year. Can you be a good coach? Can you? Yes. yes. Will you? Who knows? Can you be a good? Can you be a good coach to newbies, or will you be tearing your hair out because you have to teach so much blocking and tackling? Can't argue with that. Depends on the person. <clears throat> totally depends on the person. Potter, I can't wait you might not have the patience Potter's for it, but you can teach a brand new guy. You can you can teach a brand new realtor, Potter. I'm in the You're process of actually doing that. Yeah, so you can do it. Will you commit to doing it long term? Probably not. Okay, I kind of feel seen and or attacked right now. So thanks, Steve. Always You're welcome. Great connecting with you. You asked for this, Steve. I I did. Because the quitting, my what I've seen in TG is the quitting ratio of coaches is as high as the quitting ratio of students. How many, Steve? How many people you've seen start a coaching program? It lasts nine months. Are like, oh, that was the worst experience of my life. That's because they don't know how to market. I don't know. You know why people say that, Jimmy? Why? Because they don't have students. They don't know how to actually go get students. They don't know how to actually market correctly. Or maybe they're high performers but poor coaches. Well, they could be poor coaches too, but most of them can't get enough students in the door for it to make any money to keep spending money on marketing. Oh, who's so splitting hairs now? Come on. No, it's Take control, Potter. No, Jimmy's right though. People start, people, <laughs> people start coaching businesses all the time and they make the automatic assumption because they have this great, big, magnificent wholesale business that they automatically will be a great wholesaling coach and a great person that people are going to want to learn wholesaling from. And, that, and I think Jimmy's point is that that the likeliness of that happening for most people is very slim. Jimmy didn't have a point. Jim, you know, man, we went 
way off the Jimmy, rails I'm trying there. not to let him do you like that, man. Hey. But you, I mean, I'll speak up for Potter. Two. Jimmy, you're awarded two points. Next question. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. <laughs> Thank um, you for bringing those I, thought-provoking questions to the community. I, I, w- I will say this as well. Shout out to Larry in the chat. This is a great one. Newbies aren't hiring coaches for accountability. They're hiring for a process and how to do it. That's that's uh, his thought on that. That that being now, said, you can I, give a newbie the greatest process on earth, and if they're not held accountable, they won't do it. See, and that and that is the that is the conundrum we find ourselves in. It's almost like which one came first, the chicken or the egg? You know, it, it really honestly is. All right, just because two points. Next question. Okay, <laughs> you. Uh, all right, Manny, um, negative four points for Jimmy. We're going to start there. Sarcastic Steve didn't get the memo that he's not supposed to come at me. Um, I will say this, RJ, I do agree with what you're saying. Like, uh, you know, I look at it this way. Would you want Steve to teach you how to do a short sell? Hell no. Absolutely not. Even though he runs around here claiming that he's a short sale guru. I don't know. It's absolutely disrespectful. And, I got like two of them done. And offense. Yeah, because of me, or were those the two you tried before me? Yeah, I got two of them done before you, and then all my other ones got done because I saw how much that sucked. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Hey, real quick, I have an announcement from a, another one of our sponsors. Um, the, this one is, uh, this part of Pardon the Disruption is sponsored by the Family Tree of Real Broker. If you are looking to make a change in your real estate business, check out therealfamilytree.com and schedule your collaboration call with us today. We will help you grow your real estate business. All right, next up, we have question number five. This one is probably one of the most thought-provoking questions we've ever had on the show. I'm extremely excited <laughs> for this. We we put a lot of thought into this one. Here we go. With RJ Bates the third winning the Closers Olympics, does that mean that anybody can get into wholesaling? <laughs> Go ahead and start us off, RJ Bates. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, as long as I get a coach that holds me accountable, I'm fine. I don't need a system. I don't need a process. I don't need to understand anything. Just I need Jimmy the Bull up my ass every single day saying, you're being held accountable to nothing because I didn't teach you marketing. I didn't teach you closing. You don't know what a fucking assignment is, but you're being held accountable now, if you're interested in this program, it's jimmyreeland.com slash accountability. <laughs> it's only a $25,000 product. Let's go get some results, guys. This is how you end up in the chat. Type in what's the MOA. And when you ask people, what's your ARV? Like, all right, bro, get you a coach. Accountability. <laughs> oh, man. that That's absolutely outstanding and brutal. We, we appreciate it. All right, CJ. It, it's your turn, man. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here, here, here's what I realized from, from Closers Olympics. I, I hope all my students watching can hear me this uh, say this, too. Uh, I firmly believe wholeheartedly uh, with everything in my being uh, that if R.J. Bates the third uh, could get on a phone with a random individual across America and shout at them and bully them into selling them a house <laughs> in, 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 in 90 seconds, uh, that certainly anybody could do it. Uh, anybody should do it. I, I feel like I left closer. Let me feel motivated, inspired by RJ. I said to myself, well, damn, 
this this guy's talking to people. He he's he has no rapport. All right. He, he has no identification to whatever pain this person's in. And frankly, he doesn't even care. All right. Uh he doesn't he doesn't know why they're motivated. He doesn't know why they're motivated to sell. He just he just knows they want to. You know? Uh timeline, they're they're on his timeline. He's not on theirs. Um so I yeah, I do I think anybody could do it. I do. I after I saw, you know, before that I'd say, I don't know. But after that, uh, I went to sleep that night. I did. I went to sleep that night. I wrote in my journal. And I and I and that's crazy. I wish I had brought it with me. I'd show you. I said, if RJ could do it, god damn it, anybody could do it. Because if, if that's if that's if that's closing, well hell, I mean, what are we talking about, man? Practice? Are we talking about practice? Oh, Come no. On, he man. went shout practice on us. He shout did. out to RJ, man. I said anybody could do this shit, man. Shout out to <laughs> RJ, man. I, I, love, I love RJ. Uh, yeah, you know, anything longer than 60 days, I don't know. I can't give you an offer on that. We're, we're going to have to close this one up. 45 days. Let's go. All right, Steve. What, what are your thoughts? Anybody wholesaling? You know, <laughs> watching RJ close, I would say, uh, yeah. Right, but it's not against RJ. It's not against RJ because I respectfully RJ, and, and and Steve, I'm sorry to be clear. We RJ, we're saying all this respectfully. All right, this is said with all due respect. Fuck off. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, like <laughs> like respectfully, right? Like RJ is a man in his own league, right? Like what he did was impressive. He closed the deal on Saturday. He closed the deal on Sunday. Right, he closed the deal on Saturday and then set up his appointment on Sunday to close that game. Right, <laughs> like. That was a masterful uh, stroke of work, right? But with all that being said, there were a lot of leads that were closable. Look, I've talked to RJ after close Olympics <coughs> twice. I was like, hey, those deals you're closing, tell me more about them, right? We're having conversation internally about buying deals nationwide because RJ made it look so easy, right? And so my point here is this. RJ is a good closer. He's closing a good chunk of these. A less good closer can close these leads. These leads are not that expensive. So I think that truthfully, after watching Closer Olympics, I've I've been saying for a while, uh, running a wholesaling business, like being the Miami Heat against the, the Nuggets, you got to run a solid operation to be a functional uh, wholesaler to run a good operation. After watching Closer Olympics this past week, I was like, man, really, anybody get into this. So, yes, anybody, no anybody can also. I love that RJ is the inspiration for everybody. That's absolutely <laughs> like, well, dude, like, let's be real. Like, who doesn't love that? All right, Jimmy, what are your thoughts? Is everybody wholesaling because of Mr. RJ Bates, the third? Yeah, I believe anybody can wholesale as long as they go to jimmyreeland.com slash accountability. <laughs> allow me to hold you accountable. <laughs> I, what and, I want to ask is is a pivot off of this question. Can anyone with 25,000 or more Instagram followers close a deal? That's what I want to know. That That's my uh, real question ooh, after closer's ooh. ooh, Shots fired there. Some shots, shots fired. fired. Why don't we elaborate, RJ? What does that mean? <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, I saw hey, Steve, I, got, I got a hard stop at 2.30. I love you guys. <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. We'll see you, we'll see you, Jimmy. Peace out. Congratulations on the win. That's the best, that's the best, that's the best concession speech I've heard. That's the best concession speech I've heard in three years. But I, I, I gotta, I gotta say, 
uh, RJ, RJ is a good closer in all seriousness. He is a good closer because uh, he's, he's found his own unique style. If I'm RJ and I don't know his team, if I'm RJ, I would be trying to build not a team of me's, uh, but a, a team of people that have the skill set that I may not have. And I don't know that RJ doesn't necessarily have it. He, he just may not have the patience. But, you know, having a skill, having a team, like somebody behind RJ with a strong follow-up ability that can build rapport, can maintain those conversations uh, without, you know, beating the result out of somebody, uh, <laughs> I think is a good compliment to what he's got going on. I mean, but RJ's proven himself, what, three years, I think, in a row? And I'm counting the first year, even though I don't think he won the first year. But, I mean, RJ's a beast. You know, to be able to, to you know, get on a phone call with somebody and break them down that fast uh, and move them towards a result, you know, to hear somebody be able to get somebody to the same tonality as them, uh, you know, quickly and often is, is impressive. Uh, so RJ deserves his flowers for that, for sure. I will say no, this. Definitely. I, I think anybody can wholesale. I, I do think that's the case. And I, I think 100%. the biggest – the biggest takeaway from the Closers Olympics should be that if you're yourself, then that's where you have success. Munif doesn't try to be anybody else but Munif, and he's finished second two years in a row. And and I don't try to be anybody else but myself. And I think there's a there's a a trend there where you see everyone else maybe has a little bit more of a scripted tactic. They have lines that they use. Me and Munif are very organic. We're all about being ourselves and trying to solve the people's problem in our own unique way. And that's what leads to our success. So if you do that, then yes, you can be successful at this. I think if you try to script things out, lie and deceive, manipulate, you know, be mental manipulation games where you're saying, let me check with my finance officer and all these other things. That's where it gets a all little right, bit wrong. All right. You were, you were right until you were wrong. All right. So. <laughs> I, I, you were, and you were right there, man. Like you were right, and I'm like, damn, like he's right. I love that. It never works, then, bro. I know you just always mess it up, man. It but <laughs> no, no, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. But so, what I was agreeing with what you were saying, all right, because I love the finance manager thing. But you what like I was agreeing fight, with you about, to RJ's point, you have to have the ability to make things conversation. All right, I don't think mm-hmm. you should shotgun mm-hmm. it without a script or structure. And I don't agree with that at all. You should. But it's about making things conversation. I remember when I did, Steve, I did your podcast back in 2020. My When I went to do your podcast, I'm like, I just want to have a conversation with the guy. Like, I don't want to be interviewed. I don't want to feel like it's just we're kicking the ball back and forth to each other. Like, it's just two people talking, having a conversation about the journey, about the process. If you can get on the phone with sellers and just have conversations, and RJ displayed that. If you can just get on the phone and have a conversation and understand these people are normal, regular people too, yes, anybody can be a wholesaler. So I want, again, I disagree with what RJ said a moment ago. Um, like, so I, I want to say, right, because like RJ was like easily like the third best closer in the first year and then the best in the second years two and three. So I, I mean, I want to give him like massive applause here. But I don't want to say that be yourself is a great formula because most people – themselves is not going to be able to build a connection with the homeowner, right? Like most people cannot naturally build that connection. Uh, and another thing too, I think RJ is not giving himself enough credit. There's some stuff that he does really well that other people weren't, right? He has a process. It's not a conventional process, but he has a process. 100%. He is building rapport. Not the way I would build rapport. I'm not talking about the six pack I'm drinking right now, but he's building rapport. 
He's disqualifying prospects. One of the things I saw where a lot of people failed, where they were trying to convince a prospect with RJ, like, hey, look, I'm not going to be your buyer. So there's a lot yeah. of things RJ does really well that he's not <laughs> giving himself enough credit because he's saying just be RJ because he's RJ. He's being the best version of RJ. It's not being the best version of RJ. It's being an RJ with a process. My my thoughts on that, Steve, are the reason why people are not good at being themselves is because they never attempt it. They think that they're not going to be able to be me or Munif. And so they have to go out and be something else. And people read through that. They see through it. We see it every Closers Olympics. We watch people try to do these games and, and be something that they're not. When it's like, in real life, you're a likable person. And and it fails over and over and over again. And that's why I, I would say they're not committed enough to their craft. Chris was talking about practice earlier. Those people that come across as scripted, mm. it's because they're not committed to their craft. Then why not be committed mm -hmm. to, to practicing becoming a better you? People are lazy. I mean, yeah. I mean look, people yeah, are lazy, I man. I think I think cold calling is a skill set. A lot of people just and I hate I hate saying cold calling is a skill set. Sales is a skill set. Conversation is a skill set. Uh, most people just don't want to learn it. They they want to get to the result faster than they get through the process. Or they're not coachable. Or they're not coachable, and they got to learn from somebody who's never done a deal before. Jimmy V, <laughs> sign up for his accountability <laughs> program. Slash accountability. Shout out to Vreeland from my affiliate code. Shout out to Vreeland Accountability. <laughs> Um, look, Jimmy dude, slash appreciation <laughs> that, in St. Louis. There you go. Slash market correction. Um, <laughs> all right. So took this one to the chat just because it's amazing. Uh, CJ apparently sent a text blast out to uh, the U. He's got people in there now. They're voting for him, <laughs> which leads us to a three-way tie going into our sixth question, which I'm excited about. You guys better all answer this one correctly, because if you don't, I'm never inviting you back, or I'm just going to disconnect your video feed. I'm looking at you, RJ Bates, the third. <laughs> all right, sixth question. What criteria should realtors look for when joining a brokerage? Go ahead and start us off, CJ. I've never had my real estate license, uh, but if I was a realtor who was going to join a brokerage, what I would be looking for I would be training and I wouldn't be looking for traditional realtor training. I would be looking for direct to seller training from realtors. I am literally shocked at how many realtors uh, prance around on social media at conferences and they all have this one magical word uh, and it's referral and they just shout it out and they talk about sphere of influence <laughs> and your circle and a referral, 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 and post <laughs> on Facebook about your open house and the cookies you bought for it. And, and it's weird. It's just, it's strange. It's weird. <laughs> it's not a way to build a real business quickly with intent. Uh, it's strange that people do this. And so I would be looking for a brokerage that understood that businesses are about processes and systems and that you can go out and actually acquire customers and that you can develop a plan in which you will acquire customers that's workable, that you can implement. And, and I, you know, all due respect to all realtors. Um, I mean, how many times do you want to hear Brian, the Brian Buffinis of the world say, 
you got to get referrals. You got to get referrals. Get somebody to refer you, refer you, refer you, refer you. You know, look at Susie over here, Potter. She got 100 referrals last month. Oh, my God. Like, it's weird. It's weird. Like, you can you can create predictable business and you can go actually make things happen. So that that's the broker I'd be looking for. Maybe they only exist over at Real. Shout out to Real. That's my guy. He's like right, a referral yeah. only broker. Got it. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna get like he's gonna get licensed and just go ahead and hang it for referrals, bro. That's how we're gonna yeah, do refer, it. Refer me, bro. Refer me. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, anybody looking in <laughs> Richmond, VA? We got, we got CJ. He's gonna be out there Shout doing an sure, open yeah. house with the chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> Subway cookies, man. Absolutely on the platter. Subway cookies on the platter for the open house, man. All right, Steve. What about you? Oh, man, it's going to pay me to say this because this is going to go back to the answer earlier where we disagreed about the coaching component. So I'm looking for somebody that can meet me where I'm at, right? So where am I today? What do I want to accomplish, right? What kind of business am I doing today? And here's where I want to go. Can you help me get to where I want to go? So I want a, a brokerage that can help me accomplish my goals. I don't want a one-size-fits-all. I don't want a brokerage that promises to be everything to everybody. I want a brokerage that cares exactly what I'm trying to do, understands where I'm weak, understands where I can use some help and some support and help me get to where I want to go. Right. So I'm not looking for, again, a one size fits all. I'm looking for someone that can actually coach me because they're actually in the business and have a process ooh, that I can uh, replicate. So you're actually looking for somebody that's doing it to coach you. Got it. Hmm. Seems to be some kind yeah. of theme today. Interesting. Yeah. All right. We're going to King Closer over here. I see him. He's got his head down. He's like, Jesus, why do I got to He wants referrals. Shit? He wants referrals, bro. All of them. Let's <laughs> refer go. Me, refer me. That's right. All right, RJ. What are your thoughts? Man, I'm so glad we get to end the day with a question about realtors. One of my favorite <laughs> topics. As if they weren't worthless enough for just pushing paper. At some point in time, a couple of years ago, we said, what could make realtors even worse? And all of the brokerages decided, let's give them long-term stock benefits and let's make it. <laughs> What's worse than a realtor? An MLM. Let's make it multi-level marketing where they don't even have to sell real estate. They can sell other realtors. So if I'm a realtor, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for, hey, where can I stack up, make this long-term passive income? I don't even do real estate anymore. I'm just bringing on other people. And occasionally, you know, I'll get one of those 5% of the realtors that actually do real estate, and then I make money off of it. So that's what I'm looking for. I don't think that RJ read the judging room very well. <laughs> um, just gonna throw that one out there. I threw uh, in the towel on today's episode, bro. Bro, why? Like, literally, it's a three-way tie, man. Like, and uh, you're coming, you're coming off of one of the great, one of the greatest defense, you know, defending of a title. Yeah. I just and you I, brought I up realtors. I just, I, I, I didn't. <laughs> it was the, it was the question of today. <laughs> I have morals and standards and ethics. Okay, I have right, to make sure you a You'd be a good realtor. Yeah, you'd be a great yeah, realtor. Why do why do why do brokers? You know what I wouldn't look for in a broker, the broker that acts like they're a coach. Ooh. You know, this is this is the carrot that brokers dangle on people. I see it all the time. It's just insane. They're like, oh, if you come over here, I'm going to train you. We got a virtual academy. 
Uh, we we got all these. We got all this information. I'm gonna come sit you at a computer and I, look. I'll mentor you. You know what they're really telling you? Hey, come pay the broker fee, man. Come bring me some referrals. They love referrals. Come bring me. Come bring me some referrals. Yeah, bro. That right. sixteen thousand a year, baby. That was me. Yeah, listen, CJ. we got a desk fee. Steve, you remember the desk fee back in the day? Hey, we got a desk fee here. All right. So don't you forget, don't don't forget to do your floor time two two hours a day, bro. Hey, 2023, the desk fee has become the this is your this is your deal fee. Every deal you close, we're gonna charge you four ninety five. All right. But if you come over here, if you come over here, I'll coach you, I'll mentor you. Then you get over there and what does the coaching look like? They're like, Oh, wait, you'll do this open house. All right, I want you to get some cookies from Subway, but don't put the Subway package in on it. Get a little platter from Kroger. All right, <laughs> throw it on there. Get some napkins, some red cups. All right, put one of those little lemonade juice containers on the counter. There we go, the lemonade. People are, people are going to come in, and you're gonna. this is what I'm going to let you do. We're going to put a name sheet on the on the counter when people can sign in when they come in the open house, and those are your referrals. CJ, but CJ <laughs> listen, bro, listen. I've got so many people that want to sign up for EXP that I will refer to you, the people that want to sign up, because I can't even take those calls anymore. Oh, bro. man, you know how it is, man. RJ, you know how it is, man. I'm going to refer them over to you. You're in my downline. Yeah, bro. You so I'm going to win anyway. I'm going to win anyway. <laughs> you get, you, you get the that, most bro. of the credit. What's up? Yeah, stocks, lemonade, chocolate chip cookies, and we're pro. Bro, you got yeah, hey, I, look, and I know you guys are realtors. Realtors might like an be an anti-realtor crowd. Real realtors, <laughs> realtors might be the biggest Rico that exists. Man. <laughs> Literally. Literally. Shout out to NAR, by the way. All right, hold on, wait a second. Shout out to NAR. Shout out to all the lobbyists on Capitol Hill right now, fighting hard <laughs> against wholesaling. All right. Shout out to you guys because I'm saying this with respect. All right, I'm saying it with respect. But with I feel respect, that the respect might be lacking. <laughs> with respect, if the realtors did any marketing, then wholesalers wouldn't have a job. Just saying. Well, I don't know if everybody wants to talk about that because that's true. I mean, you know, maybe. Imagine if, if wholesalers weren't in the ecosystem and all you had was a realtor that would come into your house and make you believe it was worth more than it really was. Like, you could, how many you times are they on 50 days, 50 days and 50 nights? How many people did you get? They got on the phone and said, "Well, my realtor told me my you know house what I told two hundred thousand. What me are you tell telling, you, bro? I, what Please. I told them was, is <laughs> it's real hard out there for them realtors right now. Okay, they're lying to you, bro. They need that listing so damn bad, Straight and they up. price drop you by seventy five thousand after two weeks. Yeah, part of it feels was that, Steve, was that NAR that came up friendly. with the. <laughs> no, wait. Was it NAR that came up with the the listing agreement, the written listing agreement, <laughs> representation agreement? Now, now I got you for twelve months. I played you. I got you to sign oh. your deal with me. I told you you could get two hundred thousand. Now it's been one hundred eighty days on market. Your eyes are bleeding. You're going crazy. Guess what? Here's I the one thing you. I'll say. Here's the one thing I'll say. You guys are judging realtors. Bring it the home, worst Steve. Realtors in the industry, right? It's yeah. like if I were to judge CJ and RJ. For someone that wears really nice fancy boots, right? Like if I was to judge an entire wholesaling industry by someone that wore some Prince boots or or drove some Lamborghinis, right? It's unfair. So you guys are judging all the realtors by the no, worst. Steve, this is like common realtor practice. I think I, they teach it in the school. 
Bro. <laughs> no, listen, stop, guys. Let's be honest. CJ today. and RJ out here just taking bro, shots right now. RJ, RJ, bro, tell him, man. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, bro. Do you hear that? Dude, realtors are, realtors are hilarious, man. And how many, how many realtors in, in Arizona have done a single transaction in the last 12 months? Dude, it's something atrocious. It's like 4,800 out of like 80,000 that are licensed. So that's our point, bro. Five. No, yeah. hey, look, 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 and look. You got, no, no, you no, got, no. I'm not. You got seventy five thousand people. You know what they're doing, Potter? Collecting sitting the rev shares, bro. Sitting around waiting on a referral. Bro. Referral. Yeah, they're waiting. <laughs> they're they waiting, waiting to hold on, an open waiting house, on a referral, baby. bro. No, hey. dude, they're waiting on Jamil Danji <laughs> to call them and say, "Hey, bro, you want to bring me them wholesale deals?" <laughs> <laughs> DTA, baby. Oh man, shout out to Jamil though. Like, let's be real. Absolutely. Okay, so here's the thing. Number one, I feel slightly seen during this last round. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Um, <laughs> RJ clearly needs to realize that he needs to just talk to the real side over here. I appreciate CJ throwing the real um, <clears throat> shout out in there. I do appreciate that. But based on the fact that you guys were absolutely offensive to me and Steve, absolutely brutal, now it might be on technicality. The point is being awarded to Steve, and he is going to win. King Realtor, short sale guru, <laughs> Steve Trang over in the other office. Wow, I can't believe that this just happened. And the like I teed it up for y'all. Like I, I, I teed it up for y'all. Like I, I don't even know. All right. On an unrelated note, thank you to everybody for tuning in on the new part of the disruption YouTube channel. Go like it, subscribe it, get in the chat. We got a bunch of people in there today. We're excited about it. We're going to go ahead and head out. Hey, Jimmy, go ahead and say bye to the people. I'll buy anything. All right, cool. Next up, we got we, we got Steve, our, our uh, champion. Go ahead and say bye to the people. Yeah, uh, Steve Trang, great episode. There was a little bit of contention, some feelings. Some things were said. I think, you know, can't be unsaid. We'll just have to review the tape later on. Uh, we are looking for someone to replace RJ. So if you guys know anyone in DFW, let us know. Uh, but again, fun times always looking forward to hanging out with these guys. See you guys next week. Um, just so you know, I have heard great things about, uh, there's a gal down there named uh, Cassie. I don't know. Maybe Cassie, we could get her real on the MVP. show. Real, the real MVP. That's right. Absolutely. RJ King closer. Say bye to the people. Guys, I don't know if you know this or not, but every morning Steve train walks into the bathroom, looks right <laughs> in the mirror and says, Steve, you're going to be great today. No, you're not. And then he walks out, and that's how he starts his day. Congrats, Steve. You finally won a part in the disruption. I actually wrote it down. The last time you won was November 18th, 2022, and it's your own damn show. Congratulations. Wow. I don't I don't know about I don't know about that. We may have to uh we may we may have to review the footage. All right. I'll reach out to Cassie to see if she wants to be in his spot. Yeah. Uh, last, certainly not least, CJ, say say bye to the people. Uh, peace and love. Uh, shout out to all the realtors. Uh, <laughs> shout out to NAR. <laughs> all right, I like. You. I was just kidding. I'm playing. I was playing. I like you guys a lot. All right. Uh, look, I'm out. Have a great day, Steve. Congrats on the win. Uh, it's Thursday. There's no class tonight. Uh, but uh, go get yourself a coach. Whoever it is, go get yourself a coach. And some accountability. All right. Absolutely. <laughs> and don't forget, 
Subway cookies on a Kroger tray. Come on, man. Come on. You listen. <laughs> hey, that, you know that's how you're getting referrals, Kroger baby. Tray? Come on, bro. <laughs> you know that's the open house special, man. It's in the realtor kit at Kroger, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you for tuning in this week. We will see you guys next week. Hope you had as much fun as we did. See you later.